Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview, or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. Good morning, everybody. I'm excited about this morning. You guys excited about this morning? Right? We get to talk about fun stuff this morning. Last time I did this, we had stuff that was like a little heavy. I was horrible. It was really good. Okay, well, maybe you won't like today because today's just fun. Um, we're going to start. We've been doing our series in uh, what we're calling Learn From Me. We've had different um, things we've been learning from Jesus. And it's all based on this verse in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Let me read that for you guys. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As I was thinking about that verse this weekend, or this week, I uh, I don't know, I just rewrote it. I like paraphrased it out. I was feeling like maybe I was like Eugene Peterson who wrote the Message Bible, right? I was like, this is my moment. And I was like, I'm going to share that with you guys. I would have written it, rewritten it like this. Follow my lead. You were created in the image of God. And when you do things that align with God's heart, you will find that they align with your heart. Take the oxen, for example. Do you throw any yoke upon them? Or do you make one that is suited for that particular oxen? So his work is easy and he does not get injured. God's ways are made for you. When you practice those, you will find peace and joy for your soul. What do you think? Can I give Eugene Peterson a run for his money? Yeah. I would like to think that was probably God-inspired, not too much for me. Um, the other thing I was thinking about this week is that as we've been going through this, um, I had this image of like a puzzle, right? Each person who's talked is kind of like given a piece of that puzzle. And we're starting to get like this picture of this person that God wants us to be. And I feel like, I mean, we don't have enough time to finish the puzzle, because really that's kind of our journey in life, isn't it? We kind of keep putting those pieces in as you guys listen to God and prayer and read the Bible. We keep putting those pieces in as how God wants us to be. Third thing I thought about was as I've been hearing all these messages, one of them is that we really need to be intentional, right? It's easy to hear the stuff on Sunday and say, that was awesome. And then just plug back into our crazy week and not find a way to make space for that stuff or find ways to focus on that stuff. So I feel like that's a theme that's been coming up again and again and again. And then the other thing, one more thing, Susie, I was talking to Susie about this, and she has this phrase she always says, it's the eunice of you. And she likes to celebrate that of like kids when she's teaching kids, she likes to celebrate the eunice of them, right? Find what in them is like special and wonderful and then like just kind of like lean into that. She should explain that better. But anyway, as I was thinking about that concept was that there's a lot of these things that some of them we're not good at, right? Some of them are a struggle for us, right? I look at some of these, I'm like, ugh. Like today we're going to talk about sharing kind words. Not my wheelhouse at all. I'm like serious. I've got projects and tasks, and I don't want just to mess around with flowery words all the time. Um, but I think God knows that about us, right? 
And so I think it's okay to lean into the things that we're really good at, but we can't just ignore the things that we're not. So you just have to take some time to like slowly work on those. So those were my thoughts for the week. Today we're going to start in a verse. Today we're talking about kindness. Did I mention that? Kindness. And we're going to start in a verse um, in Matthew 5.14, which talks about the light of the world. It goes like this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So as I was thinking about kindness, I came across this verse, and I was like, that's it, right? We're lights. We're to shine. And this kindness is just this way of shining. And I think Mackenzie's talking next week about joy, something like that, hope. Joy and hope, yeah. So, I mean, that's another way. I'm setting you up for next week. This is right. This is this like shining part of like our lives. It's like, I mean, sometimes we talk about the hard work of like forgiveness and Ryan talked on empathy and mercy. And that's like, oh, that seems like hard work. But this is just the fun stuff of shining. So pretty excited about that this morning. Um, our first fill in the blank. Hey, by the way, you guys got little papers on your tables with pens. And there's a little fill in the blank sheet. So you want to follow along, take notes. There's some extras up front. Nobody chose this table right here. I don't know why. It's too close. End up with a neck ache at the end of the day. Just as a side note, you guys ever been to the movie theater and had to sit in the front row? Indiana Jones, when it came out in the theater, the first one, that was me. We got like the last two seats. We had to sit in the front. Watched it like that. Just dated myself a little bit. Um, all right, so first blank. Kindness is shining in a dark world. We are meant to shine. Um, notice that Jesus doesn't say you could become the light of the world. He says, you guys, you guys are light. You are. So you're going to shine. So we got to allow ourselves to shine and not allow like the stress and the anger and frustration of the world dim that light. Um, and why do we want to shine? Well, one, it's what God made us to do. And uh, two, because when we do that, people see God. So super awesome. So I left myself a note here in red. Um, I, was, I was worried about this this morning. I had a thought last night that came to me, and I was like, I'm going to write that down somewhere. And I like, I'll just put a little note. And then it's like, what's that note going to be for? Um it says kindness is for everyone. And sometimes it's really easy to help people, be kind to people that are really sweet and awesome. Like, oh, you guys, I could be kind to you guys all day. Uh, but when you deal with difficult people or maybe people have hurt you or maybe people that have broken your trust, how do you continue to be kind to them? And well, there's no qualifier in there. God wants us to share his love with everybody. He wants us to be kind with everybody. So that's that's tough, right? And I was thinking about Brady's sermon when I was writing down this note because he talked about that parable of the prodigal son, right? And it's like that son that has done everything wrong and is just like the worst, and God still like picks him up and says, no, you're my cherished child. And God wants us to have that mindset about everybody we encounter, that they're here's cherished children, and we're there to be kind and take care of them. All right. 
I believe kindness is one of the best ways we can shine. And I've really been attracted to this world for, word for quite a while. Um, there was a pair of words that God had given me several years ago, about five or six years ago, which was kindness and generosity. And if you guys have been around me long enough and have listened to me long enough, you've heard me say that there's like two ways to show God's love, and that's to be unnecessarily kind and overly generous to everyone you meet, right? I feel like that just covers a lot of God's calling. So I looked up the definition of kindness this week because I thought that'd be a good spot to start, you know. Google knows everything. Uh, the definition it came up with was the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate, which I thought was an excellent definition. Uh, friendly, you can brighten someone's day. Generous, we sacrifice a little bit of ourselves to give to others. And considerate, we value others above us. That's just an awesome definition. That's what we're talking about today. I had some other thoughts about kindness, and these are your fill-in-the-blanks right there. Um, one, kindness requires patience. Kindness requires forgiveness. Kindness makes you look on people with God's eyes. And that's what we just talked about a little bit there, right? That you can no longer regard people as enemies, but you got to see them as God's children. Um, kindness is a partner with generosity. I think you can almost not separate the two apart. And the last fill in the blank there, kindness is selfless. So if you want to be kind, you need to put others above yourself. Was that too fast? You guys want me to go through them again? Or you got it? We got it? Okay. Um, went and saw a play this weekend about C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's at the Columbia Theater. It's pretty good if you want to stop by. Um, got me thinking about C.S. Lewis because there was something they said in there. And I, he has this thing that he says about kindness. It says, by love, most of us mean kindness. The desire to see others than the self happy. C.S. Lewis, I thought was pretty good about this stuff. So, you guys want to look that up later? Can. All right. So, I think one of the best ways we can express kindness is with our words. That's your next fill in the blank. Kindness can be expressed in our words. And the first one under there is we can use our words to sweeten someone's day. It's easy to go through life and not, like, make contact with people sometimes. Okay, it's easy for me sometimes to go through life and just not make contact with people. I'm like, I got things to do. I'm busy. I'm just going by. But I think the importance of, like, stopping to talk to people and say hello, even just that little bit sweetens somebody's day, someone's day, right? My thing is, like, I try to use people's names who are in customer service. I read their little name badge, and then I use their name and say thank you so-and-so, and it just, it changes people a little bit. They're like, somebody took the time enough to look at my name tag and realize I'm a human being today. Um, the verse I have down there, Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So just by taking the time to speak to someone, you can sweeten their day. The second blank is there, in there is we can use our words to build others up. Uh, Ephesians 4.29, do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So Susie's great at this. She's, so, she's such a sweetheart. We came to the, 
Young Lives Banquet, right? And we're just walking up to check in. And she's like, goes up there and she's like, this is a beautiful tablecloth, right? And I'm like, who thinks of these things? I don't. I'm like, why didn't I say that? That was like perfect. You know, you just engaged this person. You complimented them on what they've done. They feel wonderful. I'm like, she's amazing. She really is. All right. Um, the next one is we can use our words to encourage others. Others. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So everybody in life needs a cheerleader, right? They need someone to fill their sails, uh, to encourage them along the path, to tell them, you can do it, right? Even when you're scared and afraid, you need somebody there to say, nonsense, you can do it, let's go. I think encouragement is one of the greatest things we can do for people, um, especially in this season, right? We've just come through a season of separation, right? Where we've been alone. And I think people, I think people are struggling. I think Susie and I have this talk every couple of weeks about how are we like reintegrating with people? How are we continuing to like connect with people? And I think more now than ever, we need to be speaking words of encouragement to people to say, you can do this. Let's go. So. All right, next one. Sometimes kindness is not talking. Right? James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Um, there's three essences of this. One, listening is really important to people. Listening and engaging in what they're saying, asking them follow-up questions, just really builds them up. I always get in the thing of like, they're saying something cool. I should be thinking of something cool to say about my life. I don't think that's a good thing to do. I think it's the, uh, you should really be taking interest in them. Um, last week, Ryan shared about empathy. And he shared really good reasons of why, like, not talking and just sitting with people to try to work through their problem or be there for them as they work through their problems. Really good stuff. If you guys missed that, Go back and listen to that. That was a super message. Um, and also, and I've been doing, I had a rough week last week. I've had a rough couple of weeks, actually, um, just with some stuff at work. And sometimes we just need to hold back things we shouldn't say. So I've had some people at work that have really frustrated me. And it's really good that I'm not fast with quick comebacks. It's like, I'll think of things like an hour later in the car. Oh, yeah. Next time I see them, I'm going to say this. And then I'd be like, hang on a minute. It doesn't God have you speaking on kindness? And I'd be like, oh, okay. How am I going to be kind to them next time I see them, right? So sometimes it's just not saying the things that pop into your mind. All right, next one. We can use our words to diffuse a tough situation. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So also another work story about, I don't know, six weeks ago at work, we kind of got some news that there were some changes going on at work, and they didn't make a lot of sense when they were announced. And the people in the room were like, what is going on? This is going to be really bad. And um, 
at that moment, I was like, all right, hang on, everybody. Let's give it a chance. Let's just give it a chance. This has worked for other places, so let's just give it a chance. And just that moment of like, let's calm it down instead of like, you're right, this is going to be a disaster, kind of just changed the whole attitude of the room, and people were able to like at least give it a chance. All right, the last one there, our words can be full of life. Jesus said these words in John 6, 63. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. He didn't say anything about our words being full of life, but this is one of those moments when you pull a verse out and you're just using it because it sounds cool. I'm fully admitting that right now. Um, but it got me thinking about, can our words be full of life? Do we actually speak life into people with our words? I think we can, right? And I think actually the opposite is true as well. And if you read James chapter 3, where he talks about words words being a poison, I think we can actually speak death into people too. So I think we need to be really careful with our words. I think we can be super kind with them, or we can be super damaging. And I think we should choose speaking life. All right, we're going to switch gears into kind of the second aspect of this, which is generosity. And that's your next fill in the blank there. Kindness can be expressed through generosity. I'm going to read the story of the, the Good Samaritan real quick. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levi, when he came by, came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw them, took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So two things I see in there is that we can give away time and wealth. It's one of your fill-in-the-blanks. Um, and this is an amazing story, right? Total stranger in need on the road. And just stepping in there to be super kind and take care of them. So as we talk about time, and your, your next fill in the blank there is spending our time. Oh, man, hang on a second. I changed the wording halfway through. Good thing I have a cheat sheet here. Spending our time on others is a blessing to us. That's what it says. So when we were first married, Susie and I, of course, she, it was probably, you know, I've only been married to Susie, so I didn't know if I need to bring up her name, but I just did. Uh, when we were first married, tithing was a super struggle for us. And we would hear people tell stories about tithing that would always go something like this. Yeah, we just tithe and we didn't have any money. And then the next day in the mailbox, there was like this bundle of money for us. It was awesome. And I was like, wow, that'd be great. So I tried that a couple of times. It didn't work. Um, and we kept struggling with this and I'm like, all I'm doing every month is going further in debt. 
and I can't think that this is God's plan, right? So what are we going to do? we got to figure this out somehow. So one, we lessened the amount we were giving, and two, we realized there was something we had that we could get, which was our time. And we decided that we would start investing way more of our time than our money into that just because that's what we had at the time. And that was such a blessing to us to have done that over so many years, to just start that um, service and just to keep it going. So spending our time is a blessing to us. Um, I would even argue that we are designed by God to have meaningful work at our hands. I think a lot of times when people see that God is asking us to do things, they think that God needs help. God does not need help, right? God breathed the world into existence. I'm pretty sure he has the rest of it under control. But he asks us, actually, he invites us to come do work because it's good for our souls. So he's invited us into that. It's for our benefit, so we will be blessed. Now, a little sidetrack here. I don't, this all ties together. So just wanted to talk about retirement for a second because I'm in that stage of life where you meet with your your peers and you're like, oh, what are you doing nowadays? And we're like, oh, yeah, putting money away for retirement. It's like the most boring conversation in the world. And, uh, and it's I have just this problem because it's like I feel like this is the parable of the rich fool, right? I'm building up barns and I'm stacking things away for a later date. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is a struggle. Um, and I just don't, I don't want to say everybody, tell everybody just, go empty your 401ks and give them to the poor. That might be a bad idea. I'm just saying we need to be mindful of what we're storing that up for, right? Are we storing it up so we can live a life of leisure or we can, are we storing it up so we can continue to bless people as we go on? Um, and the second part about retirement that I really dislike is this idea of being done working at some point, right? That I'm going to just like live that life of leisure. I will travel all the time. I will whatever life of leisure is. I don't know what you do after you travel. Sit around and watch TV. I, sit on the couch. I don't know. Um, so I think that you have to also have that mindset that I'm just going to be done working for money, but I'm going to start working for something else, right? Got to have meaningful work at our hands. And so I want to just brag on my mom for a minute, which if many of you guys know me, I don't brag on my mom all that much because sometimes I find her a little bit annoying, but I, I hope she's not listening to this. If you are mom, sorry, listen to the next part because this is pretty good. So recently my mom, she fell. And when, she's 82 years old. So when you fall down and you're 82 years old, this is a big deal. Um, you know, broke her arm. We're in the emergency room. Then I spent the next couple of weeks with her, kind of helping her recover. And we thought we had her on the mend and everything was going good. And then her legs started hurting. Turns out she had a broken sacrum as well, which is a little triangular bone that sits in your pelvis. Um, so we were back to the oh, we were back to the emergency room, and then she had two weeks in the nursing home, and all that. And it's been an ordeal. And even like last week, she's got some problem with her kidneys. So I'm taking her to get a scan on her kidney, um, which came out negative. She's fine, by the way. Um, and through all of this, my mom is always like, you know, I need to get back to making these baby blankets for the needy. Needy. I'm just like, what are this is not what you need to be worried about, right? She'd be like, I'm helping her. She's like limping by her bed. And she's like, hang on, I got to stop here for a minute. And she's surveying like the materials she has. 
And like, what's in there? Because she's already planning. I've got other projects to do here to help people. Um, and she's always talking about, I need to get back to working on the team that helps with funerals. And I'm just like, this is not what you need to be worrying about right now. But that's her mindset. She's keeping meaningful work at her hands. All right. All right. So for those of you that are not near the retirement age, not near my peers, you're in what I call the glory years. You've got young children at home. It's just nonstop fun. You got Legos. You've got dollies. You get to watch all the cartoons when they come out and just over and over again. I mean, this is, this is life that's at the best part. You guys are laughing, but really embrace this. It doesn't get better. It just doesn't. I it does it. That's the best part of life right there. Um, so for you guys, life's super busy, right? And you guys find ways to like fill every little bit. And I've talked about the jar analogy, and I'm going to talk about it one more time, right? Where you put the big rocks in the jar, and you ask people if it's full, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's totally full. You couldn't possibly put a big rock in there. And then you put smaller rocks, and then sand, and then water till it's absolutely full. The whole theory or lesson there is that you can't put those big rocks in unless you put them in first. So you got to find the things that are really important to you. And a lot of these things that we've been talking about, right? Like, how am I going to share time? How am I going to share wealth with people unless I'm planning ahead to do that and get those rocks in first? So there's the big challenge for you guys. You got to be super intentional about making that stuff happen. All right. I highlighted something in here. And it's not on your thing, but I was going to tell you guys, if you wanted to write it down on the list, is we need to make space in our schedule for others. I think that's the big challenge there. Is it on there? See, I don't remember what I'm doing. You guys feel a little bit like this was a rush job at the last minute? It wasn't. I was done yesterday. I just didn't go back and fine-tune it. Um, all right. Spending our wealth on others is meant to be a blessing to us. Same thing as time. We must remember that we are only managers of what God has entrusted us, entrusted to us. So we need to have a godly view of our possessions and our wealth. We need to, you know, what we always say, have everything in an open hand, right? It's really God's stuff. That's how I try to view it all. This is God's stuff. Right? God's entrusted me with stuff. If he's going to take that away tomorrow, so he's going to take it away tomorrow. It's just mine to manage for a while. Um, even, I think, as you know, you accumulate stuff over time, especially like real estate, right? We always build our real estate, so you end up with like a lot of real estate at the end of life. It's like I can look back on that and say, oh, I was really good at doing that. But it's like as I look back on it, I'm like, no, God was really good at like guiding me along that path. So I have stuff now. And again, I'm still just a manager of it, right? How do I use the stuff that God's entrusted to, to me to to bless other people? I think that really needs to be our mindset. And it certainly makes giving a lot easier when it's like, well, this was never really mine anyway, so I might as well just give it away. So I think the question that we all need to be asking ourselves is what am I doing with what God has entrusted me and how is that benefiting the kingdom? Now in today's world, that might be a challenge, right? 
Because that's not really the message we get from the world, is it? The message we get from the world is like really centered on you, on your image, what you look like, what clothes you're wearing, how your house is set up meticulously in a certain style that you can tell people, I've got, oh yeah, I've got, got the farmhouse style going here and I've Instagrammed this and I've posted it. You guys should check it out. It's awesome. That's really what the world's telling us, right? We need to be focused on ourselves and how good we look to the rest of the world. And I feel like it's really easy for us to get caught up in that and then take a lot of our time, our wealth, and invest in that. And I think that's something we really need to not fall into the trap of. Because it's exactly opposite of what kindness is, right? Kindness is that we want to see others happy. Not us, but others. And I think when we focus on making others happy, it actually brings more joy to us. All right. So summarizing this, you guys need to be kind to others. It's a way just to shine our light as God wants us to be. Um, and I think we can do that mainly just by kind words, spending our time and our wealth on other people. It's a pretty simple message. So let's close in prayer. Help us, Lord, to shine like the lights that you say we are. Don't let the anger, stress, and frustration or the pressures of this world dim our lights. Open our eyes to see others around us. Give us the courage and the strength to reach out to them with kindness. Guide us this week as we go out into the world. Help us to keep kindness in the forefront of our minds so that our lights may shine. Amen. All right. QR codes. We got questions. All right. You guys know the drill. If you see somebody sitting at their table all alone, you want to go join them, that's a good thing to do. They'd be kind to do that. They'd be kind to invite somebody.